You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Are you a dwarf with warrior class? Are you an elf with a wizard class? Or are you simply a human with no class? <laughs> no class. Today we will be reviewing the card game Munchkins. Where I got that joke from. It is in the rules. That's what we're going to be talking about today. This is Systematic Geekology. We are your priest of the geeks. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Knoll. And recently, today actually, um, I spent at least an hour just listening to old Toy Story soundtracks. It was a really fun time. And I am joined by another Josh. We are the Josh Eye. Uh, Josh, would you care to introduce yourself for all of our wonderful listeners? Sure, this is me for the second time ever. I am Josh Rosengrant, the second Josh. I have been told by the other hosts of this show that I am the Josh with the good opinions. <laughs> However, we agree that Munchkin is a good game, so I, I think that's a paradox somehow. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get a shirt made. It says I'm Josh with the bad opinions and just have all of my, like, oh. Frasier isn't funny, um, oh, Revenge of the Sith is the worst, right. Star Wars. I'm going to have them all right there on the back. <laughs> we should just get matching shirts. You're the, did you just have one that says, I'm the Josh with the bad opinions, <laughs> yeah. I have Josh with the good opinions? It'll be great. Yeah, then you can have all things that everybody's like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> so anyway, I'm a senior computer engineering major, or I'm going to be in about a month, half a month. Um, and that is, uh, I don't have a claim to fame. I don't have my own podcast at the moment, but I might soon. Bum, bum, bum. All right, and that being said, without further ado, we're going to just jump into today's topic. Because I am so excited. As, as a Noel, I told you guys I am Joshua Noel. And uh, with that last name, Noel, comes a lot of stuff. There, there's a lot of stuff that, that is true if you're a Noel. And one of those things is you love gathering tons of people together to play card games. And the more ridiculous the card game, the better. It's just like, it's a family tree. It's in my genetic code. I don't know how to explain that to you. One of the most ridiculous card games that I know of, not the most, but one of the, is Munchkins. And it is sort of a spin-off Kind of a parody of D&D is what it started off as. It's grown to, honestly, so much more that we're going to talk about today. Without further ado, I, I do want to say how we both first came into this game. Uh, for me personally, yep. this is going to be a whole other episode one day. I play, religiously play a game called Killer Bunnies and the Quest for the Magical Carrot. That sounds fantastic. It is know it. amazing. <laughs> it's uh, TJ and I's friendship really started over that game. Um, TJ is one of our other hosts and someone saw, cause I used to get people together and play it at like McDonald's and just random places, anywhere I could get people to gather. We're playing this game. And someone was like, what, what are you playing? Kill the bunnies in the quest for the magical carrot. And like, you know what I think you'd love? You'd like Munchkin. I'm like, oh, I'm going to check that out. And they were right. I did. I very much loved Munchkin. Josh, what was your first introduction to this absurd game? <laughs> I believe my first introduction to Munchkin was from my my cousin. So my cousin's about 10 years older than me. And between him and my sister, and they're about the same age, those were my two kind of my geeky idols, so to speak, as a, as a young kid. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, my cousin kind of in, was into uh, gaming of every type. He's into anime. He's into a lot of things like that. My sister was always into... Um, novels and Harry Potter and all sorts of magic stuff. And so between nice. them, I'm very well-rounded of, yes, I'm a, I'm a nerd in almost every sense. It's great. 
Perfect. And so the first time I ever played it, I think it, I think it was he had it, and I know he has, oh, he has a lot more of the sets than I do. But uh, I, I played a couple games with him at, like, I think Christmas long ago, and went, all right, I need to have that, and now I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it after you. Know, we played it once because one of my friends got it because of that whole Killer Bunnies instance. And then it's like you can't. For me, it was almost addictive. Like I had to have all of the different versions I saw, and I just started collecting weird versions of Munchkin. And there are so which, many of them. Yeah, there are so many. I have one that is specifically the old Disney cartoon DuckTales. So if you want to know how many versions it. there are, I think about the it. fact that that exists. <laughs> I, um, yeah, so I, I love this. One of the really ironic thing is that while we're recording this about a card game that's a parody of D&D, we also have a host who's recording an episode that y'all are going to hear before this, simultaneously on a different platform he's recording an episode about D&D. Man, why am I not on that episode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so hopefully <laughs> you guys heard that and now you're like, "Man, I just really want to hear about a game that makes fun of that." And that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> I could argue that D&D makes fun of D&D if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I, I pulled up a list on my other screen here of all of the different game, all the different versions of Munchkin. And it is, it is long. It is multi-page list. And I, and I know yeah. this isn't even all of them, but <laughs> looking at it. Yeah, just think about the ones I played. I've played like Zombie. I've played Apocalypse. I've played Disney. I've played Harry Potter. I've played Marvel. I've played <laughs> DuckTales. mentioned that already. <laughs> um, I don't even think I've, oh, um, Cthulhu. Cthulhu has its own version. Yep. Um, it is absolutely absurd. Josh, uh, <laughs> the base rules for all of them are, are pretty much the same. Could you kind of just go over what what is this game? What are the rules? What's the goal? How do you play Munchkin for those who haven't played? So we're, I know, I'm talking about the original Munchkin because, as we just said, they do kind of all diverge slightly, but they all kind of stick to this general format. Uh so as the uh, the joke in the intro, which was stolen directly from this rule sheet, uh, was <laughs> you start as a level one human with no class, which is probably accurate. Now, doesn't it literally say <laughs> afterwards like H E H E or something? Yeah, it does. It does. Right here. <laughs> well, it's such a here's a great. No, it's heh <laughs> comma H E H comma H E H. God, I love this game. Uh, it, yeah, and that's another thing. The rules are generally just fun to read because they like to poke yeah. fun, not only at D&D, but they poke fun at card games, and they poke fun at their own game, and it, <laughs> and uh, it is very much It's blast. very self-aware. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, and so you start off with a, a hand of cards. There's two main types of cards in the game. There are door cards, and there are treasure cards. Um, very generally, door cards have about half monsters and traps and bad things and about half <laughs> things that you can play on on other people to make them have a bad day while treasures <laughs> have a bunch of things that are good for you that can help uh, improve your character both in your fighting ability and in your level because the goal of the game is to to get to max level which in the base is 10 however they they uh there's a optional rule in the end of it that's like or you can play till 20 and i have i think i've always chosen that because it's just so much better to play till 20 because <laughs> then you can use a, a d20 to, to count your level yeah it's funny because in the in the rules they recommend oh you need 10 tokens of something so like coins or poker chips or you know marbles or frisbees it doesn't really matter <laughs> and the game is played in a series of rounds uh 
Everybody gets a turn, and on that turn, you start by kicking down the door, which is to say, drawing a door card. Uh, if it's a monster, you're instantly stuck fighting it. If it's a trap it or a curse, it's affecting you. If it's anything else, you get to keep it, but you have to show everyone. Mm-hmm. After that, uh, and combat is its whole thing, but after you, f- you resolve that, you can either, if you didn't fight anything, you get to either play a monster from your hand and fight it anyway, or just get another door card that nobody else gets to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which could be a monster that you decide to play on someone else. It could be, if you got the Wandering Monster. Yeah. And then you end your turn uh, with charity, which is if you have more than five cards in your hand, you gotta throw down that, uh, you gotta get down to that many by either playing them or handing them to whoever's lowest level. If you're lowest level, you just discard them. Yeah. And that is the that is uh, something that I think we always home ruled away when I played it. We just uh, said, uh, hand limits aren't fun. Let's not have that. <laughs> and it uh, it changes the game. Uh, it changes the, how the game is played a fair bit. It changes balance. Yeah. And it's one of those, the rules are very loose about the rules. So you, you can pretty it's much really play true. whatever. I've always, I've always actually stuck to the 10 levels and the card limit in your hand. But <laughs> I'm, I'm boring, so th- th- that's a thing. Um, but it was just sort of a, some of the dynamics end up being really interesting when you get into it because there's, uh, there's the option where if you're attacked by a monster who's too strong for you to defeat, you can ask for help. Mm-hmm. And you're able to like kind of bargain with this, where like if the b- bottom of the monster will tell you how many levels you get for beating it and how much treasure you get for beating it. So let's say I can go up a level and I get three treasures. I'm sitting here bargaining with the other players because I can't beat him. But man, that's a lot of treasure. I'll give you one. And then if nobody takes, okay, I'll give you two. And you know you keep bargaining. Maybe they help you. Maybe they don't. And it's fine. I'll take two, but on only how- if I get to choose which two. And you don't and yeah. you just get stuck yeah. in the third one. Like, <laughs> and bargaining can go back and forth forever. Yeah. That, a large part of the game ends up being bargaining. And then there's those cards that let you help the monster and defeat it. Yeah. So sometimes you'll get to where there's like three, or if you're playing with a lot of people, you'll have some people who are really low leveled and some people who are really high leveled. Mm-hmm. And everyone's playing against the high level people, basically. It's very, very true. Especially yeah. when somebody <laughs> hits eight or nine. Uh, because... yeah. Like all the low levels are helping each other, and then anytime you know that level eight guy gets a monster, you're all like, "Okay, wandering monster, giving the monster a weapon, giving the monster a potion. I'm gonna give the monster this." Because that's the best thing. That's one of the best wild. things about the combat in the game is that you have a lot of cards from both uh, treasures and door cards that you can play on either side. You can play to help somebody, or you can play to help the monster, and you can bargain them with them for various things, even without joining them in the fight. Yeah, and, and one of the once someone gets to level nine or level eight or even level seven, you almost always make it where you have to see the treasure cards before you make that deal. Because they might get a treasure card that's go up a level. You can't use go up a level to win. Correct. But I mean, if they're at eight and that puts them at nine, you messed up there, bud. That's very true. <laughs> you should not have helped them. And so like we were talking about the rules. So the rules are very loose, but they have their their four ultra rules listed, which is just nothing can put you below level one. You only go up a level if you kill a monster, so if you have anything in your hand that says the monster walks away or turns into a a parrot or something, that doesn't give you a level. Uh, And that you only collect rewards after defeating a monster. You can't uh, grab them in the middle of combat and use them against the monster. And the, the most important rule, you must kill a monster to reach the top, the top level. Uh, with yeah. one exception. There's only one exception I've seen in print. There's probably some in the instance you've played a lot more versions than me. You've probably seen another one. Yeah. There's a card called Divine Intervention, 
which says anyone who is currently a cleric goes up. This can be the final level. Yeah. And, and as you go to other things, there are certain things because uh, cleric is going to be your class, basically. And some of the other ones, like DuckTales has a, quite a few of those where if you're Scrooge McDuck, uh, you can sell enough items to make money to win because you're Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> money is your thing. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of stuff like that throughout all of the different games. It just kind of varies. But yeah, basically those are the rules. Two 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 things that I think are really fun though, uh, or just just one thing I wanted to point out about the rules that I love. A lot of games it'll say if you roll high you go first. If you roll low you go first. Killer bunnies, I, I think it's roll high except for if you get Killer bunnies remix, then it's whoever's birthday is closest to February 11th because that's the 42nd day of the year. You know, 42 is the answer to everything, so that makes sense. Of course. You come to Munchkin, and the rule is you all roll a die and then argue about what that means until you know who goes first. <laughs> and uh, most people yes. just go ahead and ignore that, and they roll, and they say, you know, high roll wins. Me and, me and TJ, the, one of our other hosts, took that very seriously. Every single time we argue about what it means. <laughs> Without fail. <laughs> yeah, the rules verbatim say, decide who goes first by rolling the dice and arguing about the results and the meaning of the sentence and whether the, whether the fact that a word seems to be missing any effect. <laughs> so if you yeah. can interpret that correctly, then you understand Munchkin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, it, it has a lot of the same beats as Killer Bunnies, which I'm, I'm sorry I keep bringing that up. I love that <laughs> Well, now, now you're making me want to play this. <laughs> well, one day when you visit North Carolina, or South Carolina... Me, you, and TJ are gonna we're gonna play. You know, I got another friend who lives there. I might be able to live. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. That'll be fun. But uh TJ and I, for for whatever reason, and, and for me, I think it makes more sense because I, I'm aspiring to be a constitutional lawyer one day. Ooh, okay. Get really hooked up on like it's almost the fun part sometimes is arguing the rules. No, no, no. That card says you must play it if blah. It doesn't say you can choose to play it. You know, yeah. that kind of thing where like you're really focusing on one word and just arguing it out until and that's part of the fun i think some people don't in get the same of a kind of enjoyment out of that some people just get annoyed that you're arguing what a certain word means and why can't we just play and have fun like, that is the fun that is fun <laughs> and that that's how we can tell that you are what's called a rules lawyer not just not just a constitutional <laughs> lawyer you're a rules lawyer which is which is another yes. term of D. <laughs> it's and it's another one of those terms that D players have that you know can often be you know a derogatory way of describing a certain playstyle, but can be used more of a, oh you're you know you know a very joking way, which is also the origin of <laughs> Munchkin. The actual the name yeah. Munchkin, uh, as we had mentioned, is a D and D term originally, or rather a D and D community term. Uh, what is where does that come from? So it came from the olden days of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, when the first generation had come and gone. And they were mostly retired, and there was new people coming into D&D. And they decided that they would want to win D&D. Which is, if you understand <laughs> what D&D means, is kind of a contradiction of terms. Uh, and it, So Munchkin was a term that was often used by a lot of older, more experienced Dungeons & Dragons players to describe especially newer and younger players who came in with, I'm going to win, and by win, I mean I'm going to play the most broken character I can, I'm going to kill everything in sight, I'm going to take all of the loot and roll all of the dice, and I, my fun is all that matters. That is kind of the epitome of awful much good. <laughs> Ironically, uh, that reminds me of Pierce from Community. Have you ever watched Community? 
Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. So there's this episode. Pierce is the oldest one of the group, but there's this episode where they basically try to leave him out of playing Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. with a geek. And he gets really mad, so he gets involved and gets that kind of broken character, reads enough of the rules to just try to destroy everybody. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's awful. That's not what this kind of game is about. <laughs> it is what Munchkin's about sometimes, though. Sometimes it is just about winning. <laughs> like, I'm going to just wreck everybody. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think Munchkin is good. I think there's a tagline for, for Munchkin that's something along the lines of, kill the monster, steal the loot, stab your buddies in the back. And that is very much on brand with the original meaning yeah. of a monkey. Killer Bunnies has something in the rule that says, like, kill, steal, cheat, and something else. And it's really funny because we have pastors from our church who play it at our camp. <laughs> and they're like, it says the cheat and lie. I'm playing by the rules. I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> it's just so funny. It is so uh, funny, man. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. So what since you know a little bit more about D&D, what do you think this game gets right about D&D? And what does it get wrong about it? So it gets right that there, um, it, it is very much a satire of D&D. So it pokes fun at, at a lot of the kind of more strange elements or things that people can end up end up making people not have fun of D&D. So like with Munchkins, <laughs> people get um, can be, get very upset when there's one player who's hogging the spotlight or is ignoring the story entirely. That can that can ruin a lot of fun because D and D is actually a storytelling game that also just happens to be a war game in the background. But that's a discussion for another time. Um, <laughs> so it does get a lot of fun out of that, where it's just like it takes it dials that up to eleven. It's like okay, what if everybody was just everybody was awful, everybody was full power trip, kill all the monsters. Uh, <laughs> I utterly selfish, not working with your party members, and it's. It's a competition between everyone. That is, they get right that that's not how D&D is supposed to be, and so that's why they make it when Munchkin is. Nice. Um, of course, they also include lots of the different classes and races that you'll be familiar with in D&D. Is gnome, are gnomes in D&D? Yes. Yeah, okay, no, I gnomes so are... I so that it was in this. Was yeah. like, why, why gnomes? Gnomes are a player's handbook race. They are one of the first, at least regarding 5th edition, because that's my majority of my experience is 5th edition. They are a standard race. Okay. They're they're actually they are the shortest race in PHB, and they're interesting. And they're great because you can have a, a gnome barbarian with a battle axe. <laughs> God, that's great. And I I've I've played with somebody oh, who did that, and it was one of the best characters I've ever seen. That's part of what's fun about Munchkin is that it has rules where you can combine some of those weird versions we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So you can end up with like a Disney slash Cthulhu game. And what's fun is it's like. I am a princess class who is also a servant of Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. just crazy stuff. <laughs> and then I I even have an expansion for Munchkin, um, just for the original Munchkin, it's one of the expansions, and it's just the hipsters expansion. And it's not a class, it's not a race, it's a separate thing that you just can be. And if you are, uh, there, you know, there's certain monsters that like you and certain monsters that don't, and whatever. <laughs> like, that's a very normal thing that's with funny. Munchkin. But it also means... Uh, that you can use any item because, you know, you used it before it was cool. So you ignore yeah. class and Checks race out. restrictions. <laughs> and it's... Yeah, it, that's very much Munchkin kind <sighs> of humor there. Yes. <laughs> I I think my favorite ever is we combined zombies and pirates. And I was a captain zombie... I forget what kind of zombie was, but I was like a zombie berserker, basically. I think I've seen that Pirates of the Caribbean. Familiar with the left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But it was so much fun that every time I got to 10, I tried to convince everybody else that they could catch up. If we went to 15, I'm sure somebody else would win. And then I get to 15. I was like, you know, I bet if we got to 20. <laughs> and I think I kept it going until we got to like 30 and before everybody was like, Josh, stop. <laughs> like, this is so much fun. I'm a zombie pirate. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's another thing we would often do is we would uh, – when somebody finally won, you know, someone got to 10 or 20 or whatever we are playing to, it's like, all right, let's play till second place because I want to prove that I'm still going to beat the rest of you. And then it would yeah, – so the game would go on until everyone had won <laughs> but one person. And then that one's yeah. just sad. Oh, yeah. We would do that a lot. So whether someone's played D&D or not, why do you think if they're listening to this, why should they play Munchkin? Why do you think they would enjoy it? Well, for one thing, if you if you like ar- arguing good naturedly with your friends about about rules and interactions, <laughs> it is a great yeah. time. But it's also just it's a it's a very good card game. It's well designed overall. Uh, they they know what they're doing, especially the more modern ones. It's and it's just a good time. It's it's one of those ones where there is also a version of it for whatever interests you. You can take the classic Munchkin for just kind of. You know, roughly speaking, high fantasy D and D kind of yeah. knockoff, or you can go down any number of routes. You can, as you said, you can even go with uh, with uh, Ducktales if that's what if that's what you want. <laughs> I see we've got you know, um, you know, I know there's Marvel. I have that. There's X Men, Rick and Morty, Conan, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I should buy my sister that. Uh, <laughs> I want Nightmare Before Christmas. Munchkin Impossible. Oh, I've seen those. There's just so many, I, I, you know, we could, we could it's do an, absurd. an entire podcast that was just me reading the, the list of Munchkin entries. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think another, another thing, if I had to say why people would enjoy it also, not just, you know, if you're competitive, this is a very competitive game. It's a very high paced game. It certainly can but be, also, if you want it to be. If you love dad jokes, this game is just littered with dad jokes. Like it just, it does not stop. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I, I, one, forget, one of the, I one of the best is one you'll you'll appreciate especially. Uh, it's the grassy knoll, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't, maybe that joke doesn't translate as well. There's a, there are oh, creatures great. in D and D called knolls. Um, I think it's N O L L S, uh, and they're a demonic hyena race, people race. Uh, they're they're oh, bad guys. Nice. But the art for for grassy knoll isn't like a, a grassy knoll like a hill or or a knoll of the creature it's both it's a it's a grassy covered knoll and it's i think it's the best pun in there personally but <laughs> there's lots of great oh, stuff man. yeah i uh there, there there's in the disney one there's a lot of stuff with i'm a big disney that just cracks me up that are just like references if you know the movies that you're like did they they really do that like um i think jafar you get extra points against jafar if he's fighting you if, like he's the monster you flip over I forget exactly what it is, but I think what it is is if you have a, less than a certain amount of treasure cards or something. Like it's like you're poor, so you're a street right rat, so naturally you're good against this guy. Yes, of course. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff like that. Also, shout out my favorite Disney movie is Hercules. The strongest ally in the Disney is Hercules. The strongest bad guy is Hades. Brilliantly done. I <laughs> Yeah, so zero out of ten. How are you gonna rate this game? If you had to compare it to other card games, where would you put this? Other card games. Killer Bunnies doesn't count. It's exempt. Okay. So you don't have to worry about that one. That's good, since I don't know. Since I don't even know about it. <laughs> um, uh, nothing compares. I'd say maybe an 8 out of 10. Because there's, there's, definitely, there's definitely games that, that I think are better, but it doesn't get much better. It's, it's so, it just, it's so, there's so much that can happen. There's so many different interactions. There's variants. 
It's all the the card art's great. The puns are great. The the actual mechanics are fun. It inspires you know good playing with your friends. It's just there's just not a lot much yeah. better. It's basically just uh, you know Arkham Horror and stuff like that. But that's not a pure card game after that. Yeah. Well, there's I would rate different ones differently. So it's, it is hard. So I think eight's probably good if I'm rating overall the game. But I'm, if I'm thinking like Ducktales, it's a lot of fun. That one's a little too easy for me. So I might go seven on that. Harry Potter, on the other hand, that one was expertly done. I'd probably give that one a nine. If you're talking specifically combining pirates and zombies, we're talking like a ten. That was just that was high level great card play right there. I got to be a zombie pirate. I, <laughs> did I mention that? I think you did. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So overall, I agree. Eight out of ten sounds pretty pretty right. Um, <laughs> and one of one of the things that we we already mentioned that makes this game fun is the parody, the satire, and that is that is my humor. I love making fun of things that I like. I'm a big Marvel fan, so I naturally make fun of Marvel stuff all the time. It's not hard to do lately. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, that's something geeks like to do. We like to make fun of the stuff that we like. It's true. We're like, I love this so much that I'm going to relentlessly attack it. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand why that's always there. But, you know, satire is just, it's, it's a form of comedy a lot of people like. That This is what I wanted to bring up. I feel like Christian media is bad at it. Like, I think that that's one thing, if you're talking about specifically, like, church culture, not talking about the church, not talking about Christianity itself, but, like, church culture, mm-hmm. it's, like, we love when, like, um, you know, what, what's his name? Um, I'm trying to think of the guy. The guy who does the Chick-fil-A song, Tim Hawkins. When he comes out and he makes fun of, like, you know, different programs and other, like, secular stuff, we're like, that's hilarious. He made fun of some stuff and it was a good parody. Yeah. But if someone were to come out and make, like, a parody of... I, I I don't know what what's what's the what's the hot um hot worship song these days? Um, oh oh okay. Reckless love. <laughs> Someone comes out yeah, with a yeah. parody of Reckless Love. Half of us might be happy because we think it's bad theology, but like overall, Christians don't don't like things that make fun of Christians. It's it's, it's uh, something Christian church culture is not great at. I have kind of wanted to get example of this. Yes, the perf the like the perfect um just light poking fun at Christian culture. Just if you have Spotify, it's on there. It's probably on YouTube. The worship song song. My friend, my friend's the one who does that. Is it? Yeah, Shalman Rama. Shalman Rama. Yeah, that's yeah, so yeah, good. He, yeah, he's one of my good friends. Yeah, a lot of church people just don't like that at all. Especially not not to you know not to age type anyone, but you know a lot of your older Christians especially are just not comfortable with that. But mm-hmm. that is that is hilarious. That, <laughs> yeah. It and, um, is. I'm trying to think, there's some of the other ones he does. He does the homeschooled one. That one's pretty funny too. Yeah, his stuff's great. The homeschool anthem. I'm. I just, now I just have yeah. his his Spotify pulled up. <laughs> My favorite is his Veggie Tale remix. Yep, Phil Vischer liked so much top. that he shipped him all of the DVDs of Veggie Tales to his house. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's just great. There's one called Tell um, Evangelist on here. <laughs> that that one's fun. Apparently, that one did not. It wasn't as much of a hit for some reason. I. So why why do you think? With Shama being the exception, that a, lot, <laughs> that a lot of Christians, a lot of church culture is uncomfortable with satire like that. I think it's, there, there's some of it that's just like they don't want, A, a there's a lot that pe- a lot of people don't like themselves being made fun of, which, yeah, okay, sure. You got to learn to live with it, but people are at different spaces and regarding that. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's like people people think that by making fun of how Christians act, 
you're making fun of Christianity itself. You're making fun of the actual of what they believe in and not what they're doing, which I th- which yeah I think is a, a separation that they. I well, you know, I, I like to drop bombs on here, so that's that's what I that's one of the things that I do. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of it honestly comes down to a misunderstanding of biblical literalism. Um, originally when John Calvin and them were talking about b- biblical literalism, what they just meant was the most simple reading of the Bible is going to be your answer, not literally what it says. Occam's razor. But over time, people thought that it meant <laughs> literally what it says. And I, I think it comes up with this problem because we're understanding all sacred things are face value. That's what we think is true now. So we get to satire and they're making fun of sacred things and we're thinking face value. Oh, that means they don't like this sacred thing. They don't understand. I feel like it's harder to understand the nuance because we've been trained to not think that way about this type of thing. We're not trained to think of Bible as literature, as Job, as satire. We're not trained to think of Psalms as, you know, an art that not everything in there is biblical and good. When the psalmist sings, let's take babies and throw them against the rocks. We're not supposed to do that. Yeah. I mean, just just earlier, just this Sunday, uh, I, I, you know, I came in and my father was watching uh, – he was watching a, a sermon that someone was giving, and they they were talking about how the Book of Jonah is very likely a satire, based on when it was like on the context it was written in. And I'm like that given given the I know like I know who it was that was giving the talk. And I'm like I'm I'm surprised he had the guts to get up and say that. Like it's mm-hmm. the amount of people he might just you know tick off because they they can't handle it. It may may maybe it may be real. If God wants to, yeah, he can put a dude in a fish. Doesn't mean he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, we have me and TJ do another podcast, the whole church podcast. Mm-hmm. And recently we had uh, Dr. Trimper Longman on to talk about a book he did about the book of revelation. And when you understand that literature part of how it is seven letters and it's an apocalypse literature, which is different than history and it's different from prophetic literature, all of a sudden all these different things are opening up and the book makes so much more sense. And it's honestly almost simple. And what we talked about there is like, I think sometimes we don't want these big things to be simple. We want it to be complicated. We want it to be nuanced. We want it to be sacred because if it's as simple as God loves me, if it's as simple as God's going to win in the end, then we feel like why is life this hard? And that's a hard thing I think for people to struggle with. Yeah. And another thing we're going to just go, go through all it. the mud when we're in this Munchkin episode. You know, the most serious episode has to oh, be yes. the Munchkin one, oh, clearly. Obviously, we have to um, the deepest. <laughs> I talked earlier at the beginning of the episode that it's one of the null things, one of my family things. We love playing card games. And what that reminds me of is probably my biggest pet peeve of the church. I hate the word fellowship. <laughs> I just, I hate that word so much. And why is really it a bug? All, all people mean is hanging out. I'm like, why do you need this fancy word to say, let's hang out? Why do you need this fancy word to be like, hey, let's talk to one another? I, I do I do understand that sometimes we mean something a little bit deeper of there's some spiritual connection there too. That's just such a weird, like, I just, I don't like the word. I also don't like how it's been used so much in preaching to mean yep. coming to church on Sunday. Yes, it's, it's overused and that it, oversimplified. Yeah, it's like somehow both. Too much is attached to it, and also the wrong stuff is attached to to it. So I'm like, let's just let's ditch this one. This is bad. Let's say hang out because then we understand hanging out doesn't just happen at church. And yes, I understand there is a deeper level, and maybe we need a different word. But I I think we kind of ruined fellowship at this point. That's a bad word. I I wonder if can playing a card game 
fulfill our duty to what's the, what's the scripture say of do not forsake fellowship with one another or care with one another. do not forsake hanging out with one another that's what the bible says specifically um original hebrew says hang out um <laughs> does this fulfill that i mean is, is there a level where playing card game does bring us closer together that this is maybe even something christians should be doing together please please tell our listeners that the bible says they must play munchkin I mean, I definitely think that card games can really bring people together. And this, I mean, and it's not just true of card games, but it's, it's true of, of games in particular. Uh, there, there is, that is only one of the reasons that for both my high school and college careers, I have been in charge of gaming clubs. Because I do think they have tangible value, not only in their enjoyment, but also they can, they help bring you together. They can help, they can help de-stress as regards college that's very is a very handy thing mm-hmm. is yeah, helping you true. de-stress from all of your classes and assignments um but i think it also can when you're playing specifically with a group of your friends or people who you're getting to know it's very very handy and that i mean that why do you think that people have icebreaker games that they do all the time They're like uh-huh. oh this is a group yep. of people we need to get them more comfortable around each other so that they can then talk about these other things which are more important so we have them play a game so this, so I think it's you know it's very obvious, therefore, that playing games can help people grow closer together and more comfortable together, so that then they ha- they will feel better about talking about serious things. Yeah, I while you were talking, I, I think I found a better way to articulate what I what I want to say here. There is just there's a difference of sitting next to one another and being around each other and being in community. Um, so I'm going to add on to what you say, because absolutely it's a good icebreaker. It's good to do things. If you're just going to say, we're all going to hang out. And by that, you mean, we're all going to sit in a circle and stare at each other till we talk. Uh, I don't, I don't don't care what it is. That is going to be awkward. If it's just me and my wife, sometimes that's awkward. Like it it helps to do stuff while you're talking. Sometimes, even if it's just going on a walk, sometimes it just, it helps. What I want to say, there's a difference of being in community and sitting next to each other. And that goes across the board here. If you're in church and you sit next to each other and you immediately leave, you didn't have fellowship. You weren't in community. You didn't do any of your Christian duties there. You sat next to some people. If you're playing Munchkin and you sat next to each other and you played the game and you didn't talk about anything other than the game, you weren't in community. I mean, maybe you could be later. Maybe it'll open the door. But I think you just kind of played a game. You're also playing it wrong. But that's that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's a future Munchkin. <laughs> yeah. If you're not also insulting someone's mother while you're playing, I don't think you... <laughs> No, but I, uh, if you're, and you're going to church wrong, if that's the case too. I think when you're at church, there's a level of being in community where you should actually talk to one another and get to know one another and really be part of each other's lives in the building and outside of the building. When you're playing Munchkin with fellow Christians, especially if we want Christian unity, a lot of stuff, what needs to happen is you need to be in community, not just play the game, but also use that as a bridge to get to know one another, be in community with one another, be a part of each other's lives. Yeah, and as it extends to your church, be active in your church, and you will suddenly find it actually is much is much better at at uh, being a church to you, so to speak. It's uh, like very much help, like volunteer for your church with whatever. If they need sound technicians, if they if you're good with kids, help in the kids area. You'll find you'll find you're much more not only much more invested, but you'll find that it you'll get fellowship even just by being a servant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as people actually be a servant, get to know one another better in the church, as they are in community because of the icebreakers like Munchkin, how, how do you think really being involved with one another's lives, how is that going to change 
what we do, who we are, like, is that going to make a difference in their life that will be tangible to see? I mean, I think it has to be. Humans are, are, are so social creatures. Even, even me, like I, you know, for years I would tell you, oh yeah, I'm very much an introvert. And that's, you know, it's true to an, ex- to an extent, but like, I, me too. I go insane if I don't have, if I don't have people to talk to, if I don't have at least people that I, people that I know, admittedly, to talk to. <laughs> yeah. So even the most, you know, unsocial people, we need that, we need connection with other people. Connection is so, so important to humans. And, you know, part of that is connection with other people. Part of that is connection with God. And I think that all of that combines to why a lot of the depictions of hell are just pure and utter isolation alone with nothing but you. And that just yeah. seems nothing but terrifying. I um, I heard a professor once explain that it's part of the Imago Dei, that is, being in the image of God, is that desire of community, because God himself is community, three in one, the Holy Trinity, right? And he desired so, community, or <laughs> hence that why we exist. Because yeah, the, you know, what use does God have for us? You know, we can't do anything for him. But we exist. I mentioned before, my other podcast is a church unity podcast. And um, one of the things we learned when doing that is there's only one prayer that Jesus gives that we are actually a part of the answer. And that is when he prayed that we be one as him and the Father are one. It's the only thing that Jesus prayed for that, that you get a say in, listener. You get a say in that. That being said, <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and finish this up. Um, when we finish up, we, we love to give people recommendations and my recommendation should be incredibly obvious to everyone. I want you all to play killer bunnies and the quest for the magical carrot. T please, dear God, pick this game up, make it popular. I want infinite expansions. I love this game so much and I need you all to be involved in the killer bunnies community. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I have a card and board game club that has funding, so I probably will be playing that in yes. the next semester. <laughs> you will not regret it all right so my recommendations uh i've got a, i've got a couple one if you see if, if you just see a you know a a book sale somewhere or if you see like a library a library book sale go to it look at it i was in a restaurant today and there was a table that was just it just said books hardcover software doesn't matter one dollar each and that that Sick. and that that money was going to charity i'm like cool what do you have and i found 20 books that I wanted, <laughs> which was, I think it was two thirds of the table, actually. I just like, I hauled it into a bag and put 20 bucks. The tin. But I got a bunch of the, the actually the old um, Eberron and um, Forgotten Realms novels, which are uh, D&D setting novels. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, as well as a couple of other things. And I was very excited about that. And then my nice. my second recommendation um, is, and this goes on a little bit of what I was talking about in the anime episode as well is read webtoons. They're cool. Some of them, anyway. I, I, could, I could do a whole, uh, you know, info dump on them. But one of them, which was what was making me think about uh, about hell, uh, is, is one called I Am the Grim Reaper. It's very dark, So and it's it, like, exceedingly dark. So if that's going to bother you, don't, don't read it. If it isn't going to bother you, it's fun. It's also... Uh, it it does delve into uh, theological questions, and to do that, it has to deconstruct. Um, you know, so it's not actually, you know, it's nowhere near biblically accurate, but 
you you do go through and you see heaven and you see hell and uh, Satan's one of the main characters. And yes, he's very evil and nice. conniving. Shocker. Fascinating. I might, I might have to check that out too. Guys, if you want to hear more from me, you can go to systematicgeekology.org. On the drop-down menu that says host, you'll see all of our names of all the hosts. You can click on one, see everything else that I do. Um, hopefully, you'll be seeing more of Josh on this show coming up. Hope so. Um, Josh, is there anywhere else they can find you, or is this this it right now? Uh, this is it right now, as far as as far as anything uh, really published goes. Yeah. And if you guys also, if you want to let us know what you've been geeking out on, give us some recommendations. We'd love to check it out. Same website. There's a section over there for that. And um, one thing that's that's important to me is that you guys. I need you guys to try really hard on this. Please remember this. Remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.